Welcome to the Generation Discipleship Podcast. My name is Jake Wiedewald, and I serve as the discipleship pastor here at Generation Church in Clayton, North Carolina. And I'm Jarrett Hamilton. I'm the lead pastor here at Generation. All right. Well, we're back. Third episode of this year. And so, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> We've made it this far. Um, okay, before we get started, uh, we got to talk about something radical that has happened. The lockout's done for baseball. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't know what to expect. I was uh, starting to think that the game I was hoping to go to this summer in Chicago was not going to happen, but I'm, I'm happy it's back. And so how do you feel about the Red Sox this year? Uh, probably how I feel about the Red Sox every year, which is uh, growing up a Red Sox fan, like you're just used to having your heart broken. So I kind of go into every season expecting that. Occasionally they, they don't, which has been awesome in my adult life. But like those old wounds and those old uh, uh, demons of always losing the big game always seem to like dominate my thoughts. So I fully expect by August I'll uh, be moving on to football. Yes. it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much happens every That's year. That's so sad. <laughs> uh, is there a player that you're excited about on, on the Red Sox? Uh, Raphael Devers. Okay. Um, okay. I think Raphael Devers is – a top five player in baseball. Okay. And I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. Uh, Chris Sale is hurt. He's hurt every year. It's different being a Red Sox fan. Yes. Than it is being a Cardinals fan. Uh, you guys expect to do well. Yeah, well, I don't, I wouldn't say that this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, some really magical things are happening, right? Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright and Albert Pujols yeah. are going to be back together. The the Bash Brothers are going to be back together. That's exciting. That's pretty uh, would I say that it's a World Series victory team? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you never know, man. Those guys can oh, have done a lot in their career. They could do a lot. So. I'm, I'm excited to see what Albert Pujols brings back to the St. Louis. I know he's finishing his career yeah. here with his buddies, so that's really what it's all about. And I don't care where he played. I know the Angels, Do- I don't Dodgers. I don't care where he played. He's always been a St. Louis Cardinal. So well, I think really, it's fitting that he's back. Well, I'm really questioning why they're even paying him at this point. Yeah. Albert Pulse. He should just come back for free. Yeah, well, true. I'm he's, just all the money he's saying. well and he's he stole from the Angels. <laughs> kind of he's, I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. He likely will not listen to this. <laughs> but if he did, like he's kind of a wash up now. Yeah. You know what Call I mean? Call me so, Albert. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um so but th- today we want to talk um, you know, we're in this this theme for the year devoted and we yeah. want to kind of take a break from that mm-hmm. and focus on something that's i think really important yeah you know last time we had talked about what the definition of a disciple is and yeah. we said here at generation we define a disciple as someone who is following jesus becoming like jesus and helping others do the same and so yeah. when we look at that becoming like jesus there's a really important thing that has to happen and yeah. it's this inner heart change yeah and i'm not just talking like accepting Jesus into your heart or, right. you know, claiming him as, as your, your, you know, your God and, mm-hmm. the, and the person that's created you and is inside of you now in terms of the Holy Spirit. But um, I'm talking about like everyday heart change, releasing yeah. things to the Lord. And so um, when, when we're talking about the heart, uh, Jared, what, like what comes to mind as it relates to being a disciple yeah. and that heart change for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to a few things. Like you look all throughout Scripture, like when Jesus ascended into heaven and he gave us the Holy Spirit, he talks about all of these things that the Holy Spirit would do. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with, when you talk about the heart, when you think about what is the heart, well, it's really the mind, will, the emotion. So it's it's all of these things that are going on uh, beneath the surface. And so when I think about, you know, the, the heart change, um, I just think about a, a level of surrender mm. that isn't tangible. You can't see it. 
but it's something that's happening beneath the surface. And I think about in the book of Romans, we're going to talk about that um, this coming Sunday, where it talks about giving ourselves fully to God. Mm-hmm. It's not talking about a behavioral offering yeah. to him. It's talking about giving every part of our being. And it all begins with the the mind. It all begins in the heart. And, yeah. um, and that's why, like at Generations, so much of our emphasis is on what's going on in the heart as opposed to behavior. Like, do we care about how people live? Yeah. Like, absolutely we do. But ultimately, we know if God has control of the heart, if the Spirit is guiding our hearts, if we're surrendered to Him, then that's going to automatically reshape the way we live. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think when I, the word heart, for me, it, it's like used like somewhere around like 850 times yeah. uh, in the Bible. And it's used to describe like the very center of our being, like who right. we are. And, and it's, it encapsulates like everything and like everything that's inside of us that, that, that we want that is good or bad comes right. out. It comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, it encapsulates that as it's a very center of our being. It includes our, our mind, our emotions, and our will. Yep. And, um, and you were talking about Romans, like in Romans 10. Yeah. And Paul says it's, it's part of us uh, exercising our belief. Right. Right? Yep. Uh, yep. Or our faith. And so uh, for with the heart, a person believes. Yeah. And so... Um, at the center of, of who we are should be Jesus. Like yeah. our identity should be fi- found in Jesus. And yeah. so I think, like, how does that practically play itself out? Um, it, it's hard to answer that question because I think every person's a little different. They are. And again, you can't see it. It's like it's like you go out and plant something with yeah. the spring coming, you know, and you go out and plant something in your yard, water it a week later, it's like, oh, nothing's happening. And if you're looking for instant results, you just dig it up because you're like, oh, it's nothing's happening. But something is happening that you can't see. Yes. The problem is it's happening beneath the surface. Yes. Yes. And and that's where that's where Jesus wants to work. Like you look through all throughout the gospels, right? Jesus yeah. was constantly saying it's the heart and even talked about like the, the negative things that uh, that come out of us, yeah. they originate in the heart. And even the things that defile us is not all of the, you talk about like culture and all the things mm-hmm. going on around us. What defiles us isn't outside of us, it's within us. Mm-hmm. And That's he right. just kept coming back to that. Yeah. And in Luke 6, Jesus says that the fruit of a person's life, their words and yeah. their, their actions is an indicator of, of what is what is present in their heart, his or her heart. Yep. And um, it even says Luke 6, 44 and 45, each tree is known by its own fruit, and out of yeah. an abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Yep. So regardless of what we know in our heads, the fruit of our lives is determined by what we believe in our hearts and what, right. like, and then what comes out of that, right? Yep. And so we may know God is great and in control, and maybe we even affirm his sovereignty publicly or in, in our own right. minds and his power, yet we, we yep. forget that. And so yep. what we know starts to like derail itself like what we know does not align with what we believe in that moment right right and so and I think like you you say this you've said this term before and maybe I'm gonna mess up the order of it but no believe do yeah yeah and so can you unpack like what what does that mean yeah well all throughout scripture there are things that we're told that are kind of informational like Paul will remind us of things or uh, or Jesus will remind us of things Jesus told us the Holy Spirit would remind us of the things that he's told us and so all throughout Scripture, we're told to know things. So there's a knowledge level. And then from what we know, we have to shift from just simply being aware of that yeah. to now moving to a belief level. Because, you know, it's one thing for me to know that something's true or or know, or have a knowledge that someone said this is true. 
it's another thing when it translates into my life to belief. Mm -hmm. And then now if I believe it, well, whatever I believe really reshapes the way I live. You see it in, um, I think one of the best scriptural examples is the prodigal son. Yeah. Uh, I think at a knowledge level, he knew that his dad loved him, but until he believed it, he continued to eat with the pigs and sleep with the pigs. But eventually the belief of what he knew to be true, that his dad loved him, trumped the life that he was living and that ultimately is what led him back and so it's that knowledge that translates to belief and then belief shapes behavior yeah and i i think for me like so i asked the question and to you listening i asked this question which is like what is getting between you and your relationship Mm. with the father like and if you can answer that question right now well then you've you've just figured out like what's in the heart and what's stopping you from from fully committing or fully surrendering that thing to the lord but for me, it's worry, like anxiety yeah. and worry. And so when I worry, I'm placing my hope in something other than God. Yeah. And uh, and I believe in something other than Him that 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 something other than Him is in control. Yeah. And is giving me life. Yeah. And uh, Paul's assessment of that is is radical. That yeah. that we have misplaced belief. Yeah. And he says that in Romans one twenty five. We talked about this a little bit. Exchanged. We've exchanged the truth about God for a lie, right. and worship and serve the Creator rather than the, the, sorry, the creature rather than the Creator. Yeah. And so, by placing our faith in something other than God, it, it gives us what, it, it it gives us this misplaced hope, this yeah. misplaced, and even sometimes mis, misplaced trust, depending on what yeah. it is. And so I always ask the question, like, whenever I start to worry or something pops in or someone frustrates me or there's the conflict or, like, I always go back to this this truth. Like, what do I know to be true Yeah. about the situation or about God or about yeah. that person? Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, whenever it's worry or anything like that, there's a lot of assumptions that then come yeah. in, yeah. you know, and in conflict. Well, and we spin these narratives in our head and we start to convince ourselves yes. that, you know, I start to believe things about you mm-hmm. that may not even be fair to you. Yeah. And my unbelief is about an issue with my pursuit of Jesus. It has nothing to do with yes. you, but then it comes out in the way I think about you or even the the lies that I'm believing about myself. Yes. And ultimately, like you just look at how, how Jesus wove this thing together. And then Paul really teaches a lot about it, that so much of it comes back to this invisible battle this battle for the heart and that's why at generation like even what we're doing with disciple making so much of the focus is about the heart yeah and yeah it would be easy to create a system where we go okay here's the 47 things that we're all going to do and the 47 things we're not going to do here's the boxes to check here's the scoreboard (laughs) yeah and instead we're saying no we're going to surrender control of all of our lives to the spirit and allow him to work at a heart level which is a little bit scary it is but ultimately that's what that's well, what we're told to do. There's vulnerability that you there have is. to have. Yeah. And people are scared of vulnerability. Yeah. I'm scared of vulnerability yeah. right now. Like yeah. <laughs> just even sharing about the fact that like worry is something that gets between yeah. me and my relationship with the father. Like people are gonna listen to this and I know yeah. that. And that scares me. Yeah. Somebody it makes else, you worry. <laughs> yeah, it makes me worry. Like, what are people thinking of me? You know? yeah. But the truth is like by by placing our faith in something other than than God to give us what only He can give us. Yeah. Uh, we're actually engaging in like false worship and mm-hmm. idolatry, and so Absolutely. Um, it's hard to like come to grips with that. And I think like what you said here at Generation, like that's a lot of the emphasis is on the heart. And so practically, like how does that play itself out? Well, it plays itself out in community. Yeah, and that's why we're here. Like Big we're time. here 
you know, focused on this devoted theme and we're, and we're talking about community here in the next couple of months, but like really it involves you sitting under God's word, mm-hmm. under the apostles teaching, being in community and being dedicated to prayer. And as you do that, like it, it, like your sin emerges, it just does. And it yeah, comes it to light mm-hmm. and things die in the light. Scripture tells us as, yep. as sin comes to light, it dies. It, yep. it flushes itself out and practically played out. It's in the context of relationships with other yep. believers yep. that are seeing these things in you, and, not, and it's the Holy Spirit too, hundred yep. percent. It's it, well, it yep. is directly the Holy Spirit, but it's the playing out with other believers where you're like, oh, they see that too, yep. and 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 being vulnerable with other believers and right. being held accountable. Well, and I just I've come to believe that God shows up in our our world today primarily in two ways. Number one is uh, through His Word, mm-hmm. and then number two is through His people. So yeah. it's in those relationships, like you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, and then God shows up in my life when I'm working through something in his word. And then the number of times I've been sitting across the table and having conversations um, with with you, with Jen, other people on our staff, uh, the, the couple of guys that I'm in DNA with, where things are said, where it just illuminates what what God is trying to say to me. And so like you talk about how do we how do we work through this process? Uh, it, it, it happens together. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the community part of it is so critical in um, allowing people access to, they'll see things in my life that I can't see yeah. uh, or things that my heart wants to deceive me about. And they can lovingly say, like, I see this and I don't think it's in step with the gospel. So, Jared, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, what What is, you know, we're talking about the heart and we're talking about nurturing the heart and we're talking about, uh, uh, ex- like, bringing your sin to light and allowing Jesus to transform you. And we, we started out the conversation with saying what the definition of disciple is. And we said that that part, becoming like Jesus, being transformed to be more like Jesus, allowing him to change your heart. Um, what is like, people, you know, hit the pause button on this or they get out of this podcast. What do you, what would you want them to do with what we just talked about? Yeah, what I would want them to do is uh, surrender control of your life to the Spirit by by submitting to the process of allowing Him to not only look at your life through His Word, but then also have access to your life in the context of community, whether it's a DNA setting or uh, or a community group. But to but to process through this and to work through this, not by yourself, work through this with someone else. Because again, our hearts are going to lie to us. Our yeah. hearts are going to deceive us, and so. God illuminates that through uh, others yeah. and through His Word. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and read Romans one, yeah. that word is used over and over again. Exchanged. Yep. That the the people in Rome were exchanging things. Yep. For what the truth and knowledge yep. of God, they were exchanging them. Well, I know you and I are extremely excited about what's happening here at Generation, the growth that we're seeing, not just collectively as a church body, but as individuals. We are seeing people's hearts changed by the gospel to become more like Jesus. And so we want to be resourcing our people well, our church body well. And so you can head over to our website, generationchurch.org slash devoted. And there you're going to find tons of resources that are going to help you along your discipleship journey. Well, that's it for me and Jarrett. Until next time, 